Hello and welcome to Filmy Ladies. We are Pitu and Beth, um, and it is Labor Day weekend here in the U.S., which is a holiday that celebrates the workforce. Um, so we thought it would be really cool to talk about movies in which um, women, in which the woman protagonist actually goes out into the world and you know gets a job and just navigates the world of the workforce. So the movies we're going to talk about today are um, Mahanagar by Satyajit Ray, which both Beth and I have seen um, Umbarta, which is a Marathi movie by Jabbar Patel starring Smita Patel that I saw. And I think Beth also saw Shakantala Devi, which stars Vidya Balan. Um, so Beth, do you want to give our um, viewers slash listeners a quick synopsis of both Mahanagar as well as um, Shakantala Devi? And then I'll tell them about Umbarta. Yeah. I love that we have three different languages represented. I think that's a first oh, yeah. in, our, in our podcast. So that's great. And I know absolutely nothing about Marathi movies. So I'm very right. excited to hear about that. Um, so I'll start with Shokuntala Devi, which is a biopic of, you know, this obviously real life figure who are maybe our Indian audiences are much more familiar with her than I ever was because I'd never heard of her until, mm -hmm. you know, kind of fairly recently. Um, I don't know if it's right to call her a mathematician. Okay. <laughs> she is a math, she's ex incredibly amazing at figuring out sums and other kinds of problems like that, mm -hmm. like human computer, you know, right. but I don't get the sense that she actually applied any of this in any way, nor did she do any theory. So I don't, I don't think, so I don't think she's actually a mathematician, but she's like a mathematical entertainer kind of, which is really interesting. Okay. Yeah. This film I watched because I thought, okay, here's someone with an interesting, if not line of work, exactly like calling. Right. You know, if we talk about work as a calling, but then it actually is a lot more about motherhood oh. and family stuff uh, than it is about her work, I would say. Okay. Um, but it does also touch on issues of like earning your own money and financial security and, and kind of taking control of your own work world. So that is, so I do, I do think it has some things to say, but I think primarily okay. it's about motherhood and mothers oh. and daughters. Um, Interesting. And then of course, uh, Mahanagar, which probably most of these people listening have, have seen is the story of a Bengali family in Calcutta in the 1950s. And the, the, they don't have quite as much money as they would like. It's a family where the husband and his wife have a little son, the husband's very aged parents, and then his much younger sister, played by Jaya Badri, uh, in her first film role, uh, live together. So it's a you know a joint family of sorts. Um, and the wife goes out to get a job, and she becomes a knitting machine salesperson, like door to door salesperson. And the film is about how this impacts her and impacts her family, and I would say most significantly her relationship with her husband. Um, and it is as almost all of Ray's films are incredibly tied to a time and place and yet feels very able to reach me in 2023 in the United States. Like it's a, it's a, one of these very timely yet also timeless things that he does so well. Um, and if you haven't seen it, let me just tell you, like pause this podcast and go watch that right now and then come back. Cause it's an absolutely amazing film. Yeah. Um, I've seen Mahanagar multiple times and it's awesome. I never actually saw Shakuntala Devi only because I read some reviews that said that it felt very caricature-ish. And so that kind of like turned me off where I was like, mm. I would agree. I think, okay. um, I don't want to get too far into this, but I think I love Vidya Balan, but <laughs> this is not her best work. I would say, I do think it's a little over the top in a way that doesn't make sense for what's Mm. for this film I'm all for over the top in other situations and like I rewatched the dirty picture a couple of years ago and was like still amazing and like and I do think Vidya Balan is the current reigning Hindi film queen of interesting jobs <laughs> she has so many films where she does interesting things so I um, and there's actually a lot more of those in general than I kind of thought once I started kind of picking at it I was like oh yeah. there's, there's a lot so I do I do want to watch Vidya Balan. I want to watch um, Niyat, this, you know, this mystery that oh, she had out this summer, which is the same director. Um, it's a woman mm. director, Anu Menon. Um, so I would like to support that, but I, I cannot in good conscience tell anyone to really go out and run out and watch this film. Maybe watch it on a plane. If someone else wants to watch it, say sure. But like, it, it's, yeah. a, it's not, it's not, 
I don't know, but also maybe if you're more interested in depictions of motherhood than I am, then this might be up your alley a little bit more, but just, just know going in that it's, I would say that's kind of more about more what it is, plus opportunities to video for Vidya to sort of showboat as Shakuntala Devi on the stage doing her math, her math tricks, which, right. which is kind of fun. Like she's kind of chomping it up, but I can imagine that even if that's not what this real life person did, it works in the terms of like, this is a movie about being a performer. Right away, and and it really does highlight that, and that's kind of fun. So interesting. Um, so then the movie that I also watched was um, rewatched was Umbarha, which is 1960 no 1982, and it's based on a book called Beghar, and it's really interesting. So it has um, Smita Patel in the lead, and she plays this lady that um, is also in a joint family, and in her family, everyone actually does have a job. Like her mother-in-law runs like for charitable institutions, like NGOs, basically. Her husband is a lawyer, her brother-in-law is a surgeon, and um, she has a degree, I think she has like a master's in social science or social work, and she doesn't want to work with her mother-in-law in the NGOs, no reason, she just didn't like it. Um, so she decides to get a job as the superintendent of like a remand home, um, which is if I'm not mistaken, a remand home is something in India where it's sort of this in-between thing where they feel like the person who has committed whatever crimes or issues or whatever, they need to be placed in like a halfway house mm -hmm. where they can be taught skills and they can get back, but they also do need like discipline and stuff like that. So they're not quite imprisoned, but they're not exactly out in society either. Right. Um, so she's the superintendent of that. And through the movie, it's so interesting. It's like, like Mahanagar, it's about her starting on this quest of like being her own person and doing what she wants to do and apply her degree and stuff. And she quickly finds herself in this completely different world, which is completely run by women and where she's a superintendent, but often it feels like she has no power whatsoever. She's also sandwiched between these women that technically are destitute and yet wield so much social power within the confines of that place. And on the other hand, like the committee members who are basically people who have no connection whatsoever. Like there's a journalist, there's like an, a really old senile guy. And, you know, these people that make real huge decisions impacting the halfway house, but they don't, they don't give a shit. So she's kind of having to deal with their apathy as well. And then it also basically looks at the impact that it has on her marriage because she has to actually like move to that, um, to that town where this where the halfway house is because it's too far from where her family actually lives so it's it's interesting it's like mahanagar you see the impact that it has even on their marriage and one interesting parallel between both films is that the husbands are such green flags in the beginning in the beginning and in then the eventually you start seeing like the it's so funny like there's there's a taunt in Mahanagar that uh, the husband says to Arti that is almost identical to the taunt that the husband Girish Karnad says to Smita Patel in this movie that was made 20 years later. 20 years where, later, yeah. Yeah, where that taunt is basically to the effect of you've changed so much. You started working and you've changed so much. And the way it's said, it's that's not a compliment. It's not like, oh, I love the woman you've become. It's more like, mm, if only you were the woman you were before. And it's like, yeah, that's what jobs do. When you go out into the world and you learn how to navigate the workforce and you know, yeah. learn how to not navigate the world of like coworkers and bosses and you know competitors and stuff like that, it does change you on a fundamental level. But the husbands can't tolerate that. And they go from like green flag to orange flag to red flag. And you can see that happening in the movies. <laughs> so what about, um, what would you say is like an interesting um not message necessarily, but what about the character's journey in Mahanagar is the most interesting to you? Oh, gosh. I... Everything, right? Yeah. Like, it's so hard. I find Ray's films in general very, I haven't written about many of them because I find it, once I start pulling at one thing, I want to say everything because, like, they're so <sighs> rich and, like, well-constructed that it's almost impossible to, to name a single thing. Um but I, yeah, like you're saying, the interior changes of these women, um, 
in the case of your film, which I do want to watch, it sounds fabulous. And obviously mm -hmm. watching Smita Patel is always a, a gift. Um, She's fire. I took so many screenshots. Madhavi Mukherjee is, yeah, also fire. I would say she, as I was watching this film and I have seen it before, I just kept thinking, why do I not hear more conversations in which she is put forward as India's greatest film actress? Because, and I think it's the Bengali thing like has has maybe I'm not saying hindered her reputation her reputation is mighty but also I feel like she deserves more widespread attention than I feel I have seen her get at least in English like she's every bit as amazing as anyone else that we've ever talked about so uh, anyway so her, watching her face in any three seconds of this film is a journey and you just see how she she conveys so much about what this woman is going through and thinking mm -hmm. and her principles. Like I, I think the journey of her principles is, is what I would say, because we watch her stand up to her boss. We watch her stand up to her family. Um, mm -hmm. We watch her care for other people. We watch her care for herself. We watch mm -hmm. her care for her colleagues. Um, we watch her navigate cultural clashes we watch her navigate power structures we watch her navigate the actual city like going out to go to strangers houses and ring the bell and you get a sense I... of how hard that would have been for her um navigating class navigating languages because like people speak to her in english but she answers them bengali a lot and you can tell right. she understands the english but she is for whatever reason choosing to answer in bengali for example like there's just so much navigating that and and growth that she has every every split second of this film and it's a perfect match of character and actor I would say like it's just um and I you know all the people who appear in Ray films are for the most part incredibly good and he gets incredibly good performances out of them but I don't think this would have been as good with Sharmila Tagore in it no mm -mm. for example and she would have been a little too young at this point anyway because this is 1962 right. I, I misspoke I said 50s it's a little later um but this this is just absolutely a masterpiece. Like I, I it's just stunningly, stunningly good. I, I believe our friend Sal, um, there've been a, there's been a Twitter meme going around about name your your top five favorite Indian films or something. And and mm. Sal was saying, well, at this very moment, if you ask me, I I'm saying this. If you ask me an hour later, it may change. But I believe Mahanagar was on her list, and I right. uh, I can see why. And sometimes with Ray films in particular. I want to rewatch them because I know there's so much there to to get, but also sometimes it's hard because they are heavy hitting. Like Davy, I've only seen twice because it is, <laughs> yeah. The, um, Upper Sunsor, I think I've only seen two or three times because again, it is such a it is such a gutting thing in addition yeah. to being uplifting and everything else. So um, this one is a little easier to stomach in some ways, but it's a real roller coaster because there was a point where. I mean, I knew what was going to happen because I'd seen it before, but also you could tell me like something much worse is going to happen than in other ways, right? Like anything could have happened because it was such a, because there's so many threads in this little story. And even though, and I feel like they're, they're balanced so well, you know, so she's not the only interesting person in the film. She is mm -hmm. to me the most interesting, but everybody in the film is interesting. So yeah. Yeah. I think you're right about the the journey and it's so interesting because like the movie itself is named The Big City and it's like the movie begins with like the streetcars, the trams yeah. and everything and then it ends with a shot of like the tall buildings and these two like people tiny like ants like just crossing the street. The, yeah. yeah, so it's like the big city just like swallowing people up in a way mm -hmm. and um, like every time I, I mean I've only seen this movie twice but I'm always amazed at how timid she is in the beginning like when she's looking at those ads in the newspaper mm. like her husband is the one who picks out the job that she should apply for she does not pick it he's mm. the one who says you should do this he's the one she's scared of like how is she going to handle the interview and he kind of like has to boost her up and hype her up a little bit when she's in the office for the first time with the other sales girls and then she gets a call and she's like oh sorry you have to take this call and she takes the call and again you know she's so shy and can't say a word so you she's a very mousy presence at the beginning like not mousy at home but it's no. like the idea of getting a job is so frightening to her and she needs hand-holding every step of the way. But you see her confidence grow 
And the amount of courage it would take that character to just approach a random stranger's houses and ring their doorbell or knock on the door and be like, hello, how are you doing? You know, here's this, you know, because she's not even like a particularly bubbly character. Yeah. Another um, film character who I enjoy, who is a woman that plays a traveling sales girl sort of is um, Chashmay Badur, um, you know, Deepthi Nawal's character in it. Well, she does the same thing. Like she's selling like chumko detergent, tikiya or whatever. And she's, yeah. but her character is naturally shown as bubbly and ebullient and vivacious. And she doesn't strike one as someone who would be terrified of no. having a conversation with a stranger. And yet for this woman who has been a, a stay-at-home mom her whole life presumably like since marriage for her to knock on random people's doors and you see the first time she knocks on the door and this like english guy i guess this british yeah. person whoever, opens the door and she's so terrified she can't say anything and she just runs away like it's so terrifying to her but yeah. in the movie you see her confidence grow yeah. and it's so fulfilling as mm. an audience member as a viewer mm. to see mm -hmm. that when you're mm -hmm. like yeah that's right that is exactly what going out into the workforce does and it's the similar thing that you get to see in Umbarta as well now Smita Vatel's character in Umbarta is actually not shy I, I don't think Smita Vatel has played a shy or a timid person <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she knows what you those cannot. words are <laughs> I was thinking about the Suchitra Sain episode where you told me that one of the things you really love about Suchitra Sain is that she is always a woman. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what Svita Patel is. Svita Patel was born a woman. Can you imagine if those two had been in a movie together? <laughs> it would have been like an apocalypse. Like, I don't think we could have handled it. I want that now. <laughs> <laughs> but she's the same way. It's like... Even when Smita Vatel was like, I mean, she died so young. She was only 32 or something when she passed. Like she passed actually three years after Umberto was released. So, mm. so young. But it's like, even in a, her movies where she's super young, there is so much fire in her and she has such a backbone. And she just like looks at the camera and you're like, okay, I take that back. I'm sorry I said this thing to you. <laughs> like, I love her, but I'm also a little bit scared of her. Totally. <laughs> so she does not play someone who is timid or mm -hmm. sheltered in the way that Madhavi Mukherjee's character is. She is actually someone who has a degree. She went to Mumbai as a married woman to get a degree in social sciences. And then she came back and then she decides to move to this completely different town, which is far enough away that it's not within commuting distance. And she decides to be a superintendent of this halfway house where some of the people there are like batshit crazy. Mm. All of them are women that have been wronged by society in some way. For example, mm. some of the women over there are, their only crime is that they're unwed mothers, you know, but their families threw them out. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, what are they supposed to do? They have no job, they have no skills. And so they live there, you know? So yeah. a lot of the people in there are like that. There's also like a lesbian couple in it. And when the, when the inmates of the halfway house discover that they're um lesbian they they've been spying on them because they're suspicious like why are these two women sneaking off all the time and um they actually go up to uh, the superintendent and they say you need to throw them out we can't have these like perverts here and she sticks up for them and she's like that is exactly what society said about you society said you should be thrown out as well you want to throw them out okay you know and there's a there's a song in the movie actually it's called sand matala um, which means the moon has risen and there's these masked women and they're actually like you know there's this eye contact between the two women in the oh. song which is like a hint as to maybe they're not just friends and then that song actually ends with the two women sneaking off so yeah. but even for a strong independent fiercely stubborn woman like Smita Patel's character in that movie, even for her, she's out of her depth. And mm -hmm. in the beginning, she's very unsure, like how is she supposed to handle these women who clearly have a power structure and a hierarchy of their own? How is she supposed to handle the outside world? How is she supposed to um, handle the committee members? Like there's a scene in which there's like an internal investigation that happens mm -hmm. on her. And there is an outside person who has to come in like, determine if she did something wrong and at one point she says to them that the way these halfway houses work is that you take women that no one has any use for and you just throw them away and you pretend that you can just lock them up in these godforsaken places and forget all about them meanwhile 
the world keeps impinging on them. You can't mm-hmm. do that to them. They, the world is always, so she discovers that the previous superintendent was actually supplying girls to one of the local um, MLAs. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene in the movie where she like is working and she gets a call and she just answers it. And she's like, you know, hello, blah, blah. And the person is drunk on the other mm-hmm. end. And it's one of the local politicians. And he's like, who are you? And she's like, I'm the superintendent. Who are you? And he's like, I'm MLA, whatever. And then he's like, well, anyway, and you can hear his speeches slurring. And he says, well, anyway, um, you should send like two new girls tonight to my house. And she's like, excuse me. And then it lands. She understands what he's saying. And she just slams the phone down because she's so terrified. And it's like, you see her journey as well, Hmm. because as educated and as independent as she is, she lives in a bubble too. Mm-hmm. And then she goes here and it's like, oh my God, there is like all this craziness that is completely hidden under this veneer of like taking care of women. But there's mm. so much exploitation happening that she had no idea. So you see her journey as well, which is different from Arti mm-hmm. journey, Mahanagar, but it's still very like shocking. And I feel like for all, a lot of us um, in in 2023 her journey would probably be a little bit more relatable than Mahatmi Mukherjee's like at least for those of us who are educated and already have jobs because even if you are those things you're always going to be in a situation where you encounter something that you have never encountered before and the question is how do you deal with that challenge and I forget what what you said just a few minutes ago exactly but you said something about like how do you deal with this committee (laughs) Like there's always yeah. a committee, right? <laughs> there's always a board or a, or like my favorite word, corporate. <laughs> yeah. And even maybe if, I, even if there's not in your job, like if you have kids, the PTA or like the whatever, like there's always some group of people the HOA or whatever. are supposed yeah. to do a thing and don't do it or like have the wrong priorities or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite thing, if someone wants to know why I can't do a certain thing, is to say, well, corporate won't allow it. And yeah. corporate is said like dripping with contempt and sarcasm. Always, always. The suits won't allow it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the families in this movie. Yeah. I find them so interesting because like you said, Madhvi Mukherjee's character is not the only interesting character in Mahanagar. I've had such feelings about her father-in-law. <laughs> He's a piece of work. <laughs> Such so a drama queen. Those who haven't seen, he, he plays a retired teacher who is clearly used to being the most important person in the household. And his wife is, neither of them is in great health, I would say. She's, you know, she is still like squatting on the floor, cooking and cleaning and stuff, even though she's, I don't know, 70, at least I would say. Um, And he sits around and does these crossword puzzles and is annoyed. He needs new glasses and they can't afford them. And as a full-time prescriptive prescription lens wearer, that's real. Like you need your glasses, but um, you know, he's just, he's, he's got a real ego. But I think if I under, if the subtitles are to be trusted and the, you know, the way I interpret how the actors are doing this by the end, you know, he throws this big fit about her working and, you know, kind of in this, in the process, shames his son as well. Right. Mm -hmm. For like not earning enough. He actually decides to go visit his former pupils to ask for money. Yeah. Which he does with this argument of saying, you know, was I not key to your education that led you to be successful as a doctor or a lawyer or whatever? Um, and I loved seeing, I forget this actor's name, but there's an actor who plays a, a lawyer there. He and his wife are are in um, Charulata also. And I was like, oh, those two, oh. I love seeing them. They're the ones who like come to stay at the house and are like, okay, kind of nefarious. I, I love those two. And that, that, I can't remember either of those actors' names, but they're both great character actors from Bengali movies. Um, but yeah, so this father-in-law, but he he comes around in the end, I think. Yeah, a little bit. A little grudgingly. Bit. Yeah, yeah, grudgingly, but he does see like the benefit of having this extra income and things mm. like that. Um, the, you know, the little son is a little bit of a, you know, he throws a little bit of a fit when his mom leaves the house, but then he gets over it and she brings him presents with her salary and he's fine. Yeah. Um, 
the sister-in-law uh, is, I think, clearly quite excited about this, right? And yeah, like, she hugs her. her. She's so excited. Yeah, and like looking at the one ads and like, you should be a film star. You're so glamorous. Yeah. <laughs> um, I screenshotted that and I sent yeah. it to Beth and I was like, clearly this is a precursor to Goody. <laughs> only knows one career and that is film star (laughs) here's the thing I didn't remember in this movie am I right that Madabi's or Artie's father comes to visit them when the bank crashes Mm -hmm. he comes over and says doesn't he say isn't that her dad and he's I don't remember yeah so there is a gentleman who looks a little bit like Iftikar yeah like, oh, who comes in and says like you I only invested in this bank because you you told me to and yeah to her husband because the work bank he works in collapses they call each other father and daughter but I don't know if that means they actually are or if this is right. like you know so that was really interesting because if that was her father she clearly comes from a much higher class than she is currently living which right I think well that's a really interesting wrinkle Right. Well, I was just going to say, well, I don't think he's her dad because he just came across as much more well-heeled, you know? Right. And so I was like, well, I don't think that could be her dad. And and I mean, at least back in the day, like if this is a movie set in 1962, then they have definitely had an arranged marriage. And I don't know if, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's her I dad. I just so assumed you, it was like an ex colleague or friend or, or family yeah. friend. Yeah. yeah friend of the the father-in-law yeah so anyway so that was interesting to think about and if you if you know please put in the comments what their relationship Mm. is um because then he also like follows her into the kitchen and talks to her and it doesn't seem like someone a man you're not related to would like come into your that is true kitchen right because like she's still got her palu over her head and it's i don't know it's it's very very interesting um Mm. i really lost the thread of what we were just talking about i apologize (laughs) there's not much in this movie these movies do this to me I, I think I'd asked you a question of oh, um, what do you think about the family? Yeah. And then the, so like, I should talk a little bit about Shakuntala Devi, I think, because it is, does have this emphasis mm-hmm. on motherhood, but there's this, you know, the, the daughter also played by Sanya Malhotra, who's always nice oh. to see. Um, the daughter really res- goes through phases of resenting having this very famous mother who's also a showboat, right? It's not just that she's famous. Mm-hmm. It's that she's a total attention hog. Um mm. And the daughter really wants to build her own thing. So there's this kind of complicated plot about the mother giving the daughter money to buy houses and renovate them and sell them, which is her line of of work. Um, And I, you know, the kind of, that that desire to create something of your own, I found that kind of moving really, right? Like for both of these women. Um, And Shakuntala Devi has, is portrayed as having a fairly dictatorial father herself Mm -hmm. who then she is very eager to get out from under and Mm -hmm. she has very little to do with him after you know as soon as she's able to get out on her own but she is with the uh, he's the first in a string of men that she you know has has ties to for various reasons who are complicated and you know the film depicts her having two romantic relationships one of which is a marriage um that don't don't go well and they to me what I understood from that was that because they there is some kind of issue about even if not work about I actually found this really touching they're in the first romantic relationship she has with which is with a Spanish I don't know if he's a mathematician he's the Spanish guy she meets in London who Hmm. who helps who like coaches her to become a better performer and stuff and he he basically says to her you don't need me and she says some equivalent of like is my love not enough for you like you need me to need you and he's like Mm. yeah I guess I do and I that is a very like real thing I think for especially heterosexual relationships right like there is a thing where men often feel like think they need to be needed and if a woman is super competent and whatever and finds herself with a man who's like that like that can be a real you know, it's not enough to want somebody. They need to be, they need to be needed apparently. So I thought, I thought that was really quite gutting. And I, she's, she's really angry at him about that. And I totally understand mm. that. <laughs> and then the, the marriage she has with, um, um, it's a side note. This is her husband is played by Jishu Sengupta, Bengali actor. He yeah. shows up in the strangest of Hindi. And then also like Tamil and Telugu films. His agent is the hardest working person in Indian cinema. He's all over the place. It's kind of amazing. Um, <gasps> 
and that that too like she's you know they have a child and it's hard for them to navigate who stays home he's in the um administrative service so it's not like he has mm. no career he's got a fairly prestigious career himself you know or yeah. at least one that he cares about and that has distinction to it um and they can't they can't make it work and like he wants them to have a home and she loves to travel the world doing her shows and like it doesn't it doesn't work um which also seems very relatable in 2023. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like 19 in the 1970s in the film or so. Um, so yeah, families, they're kind of a drag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How does the family go in? So it's interesting. Umberta is uh, one of the things I love about this movie is that it's very subtle. It's mm-hmm. not super hard hitting. Everybody in this movie is gray. Yeah. Um, with the exception of Sweeta Patel. So for example, you would think that given her mother-in-law is herself a working woman, she's a widow, but she's she runs like these four NGOs and she's powerful. Like mm. there are scenes where she's like dictating letters to her secretary to like, you know, not do this or do that or whatever. Um, and yet even her mother-in-law does not support her doing this job because the job would require her to live away from home because it's not uh, within commuting distance. Okay. So she says, I got a job too. I work too, but I never left my home. And it's almost mm. as if like, if you leave the home, you're changing that dynamic. Yeah. Um, and you know, they're not okay with that. Yeah. And then even her husband is like, well, why would you leave home though? And he pretends to stick up for her. And he, to some extent, he does stick up for her in the beginning. Like he kind of like fights on her behalf with his mom. And he's like, no, she should be allowed to do what she wants. And and what what is the point of her getting a degree in social work Mm -hmm. if we're not going to let her, like, that's not okay. She should work, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, it's almost like there's also a sister-in-law in in the movie who is portrayed as very nice, but she's childless, not Mm. by not because she didn't want kids, but she just can't have kids. And she basically is like a mom to uh, to Smita Patel's daughter. Hmm. So in the when the movie begins and like they're having lunch around the, the dinner table or whatever, you see that that other lady fawning over the child and giving into her tantrums. Yeah. And Smita Patel is like, what are you doing? Like, don't do that. Don't spoil her. And then the child starts crying and the sister-in-law takes her way inside to like, you know, console her or comfort or whatever you later discover that that child is actually not that other woman's it's not the sister-in-law's child it's Smita Patel's child and mm-hmm. every time she tries to like be a mother to her everyone's like well let it be you know your sister-in-law doesn't have children and she can't have children let her be happy with that child what's it to you it's like she's expected to share her child with this other person and it's like so weirdly like enmeshed and sort of like codependent you can tell she doesn't like that either but she kind of has to say yes because everyone's like oh but that poor woman she doesn't have children don't you understand how hard it must be to be her you know so it's Mm. weird it's like there are these characters that on the surface seem fine and they're actually not terrible but they're they are problematic in their own ways you know like the sister-in-law for example is always supportive towards Smita Bhattel's character she's Mm. always her but she's also really overstepping her boundaries and forgetting that she's an auntie and not a mother Mm. so it's kind of like hard to hate her because she really is a very well-meaning person and she's one of the few people who truly supports her but at the same time she's getting something out of it yeah you know and there's scene early on in the movie so Girish Karnad is such a brilliant piece of casting because Girish Mm. Karnad just looks like a good guy yeah you know it's the it's the same thing that Shashi Kapoor has. Like they yeah. have things that you just can't believe that they're capable of being evil, which is why <laughs> Shashi Kapoor and Janoon is so wonderful, right? Because you don't see it coming. So Girish Kanad is just a walking, talking green flag. And then there's a scene where they're all like relaxing around the in the lawn in the evening, and they're just talking about their day. And these are professionals talking about the day. So the mm. brother-in-law is talking about a cesarean delivery he had to do that morning because he's a he said OBGYN or whatever. Um, the 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 mother-in-law is talking about the social work that she's been doing. Everybody is talking about work, and Girish Karnad says something to the effect of, "Well, I'm defend- defending this like rape-accused person," and um, Smita Atta is just like listening to him and not mm. reacting. And he's and the the sister-in-law says, "Okay, so did he actually rape that woman?" And he's like, "Oh, there's no doubt he did. I'm pretty sure he did." And they're like. 
and no one no one contradicts him no one says what the heck but you can see her expression she doesn't say a word but she goes from just like listening to being like huh to being like what Mm. like and she doesn't say a word, but you can see in every expression how contemptuous she is of him. And he basically comes up with his strategy of how he's going to defend his um, his person who is mm. who has committed the rape. And he basically says, well, our strategy is very simple. We're just going to paint the woman as very immoral. And, you know, she's just like, she was just like asking for it. And also it's the clothes she wears. And he says it so casually, Beth. I was infuriated. I wanted to throw something at the TV. And here's the best part, right? Smita Patel's character is the only one whose face is registering the horror that you as the viewer are feeling. Wow. The mother the mother actually cackles out loud and she says, oh, you're just such a brilliant lawyer. Like, oh my God. And I was like, the heck is wrong with you? So it's so interesting. It's like you see them and from the outside, they just seem like this very like educated, well-heeled family, just like, you know, society and like, you know, we're so important and all of that. And then they start talking, you know, like, holy shit, you are corrupt as hell. And so a very it's recognizable like, sensation in the 2020s, isn't it? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Where Education it's like, means nothing. <laughs> no, it's just like such a wolf in sheep's clothing kind mm-hmm, of like moment. Mm-hmm. And um, the, I mean, this is like spoiler alert, but at the end of the movie, basically Smita Patil decides that there's no place for her in this home. She just can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and Grish Granad basically tells her that in her absence, he has um, started seeing another woman. Um, and he of course justifies it by saying that his needs were not being met since Smita Patil was out of town. Yes, I, I definitely had another moment of wanting to break my television at that point. I had many violent thoughts um and at the end basically the last scene is Vita just like packing her suitcase with stuff and um she the last scene is her in a train and the train is just like going and the the scene it like from afar you can see it's like the darkness of the train Mm -hmm. and the light coming in through the windows and she's just looking out the window at like the fields and everything outside and then it pans in closer and you see her face um, like a close-up and mm. her face which has been blank all along there's like a slight little smile on it and that's wow. how the movie ends wow yeah wow it's just it's such a <laughs> the movie's such a roller coaster <laughs> and I love the title of the movie too because Umberta in Marathi literally means the threshold so it's ah. neither it's it's technically that first step that delineates the house from the outside. So it's not quite the outside, but it's not quite the inside either. It's that stepping stone that is the home because that is where she's stuck. Mm. It's like she can't, she would love to have it all as we would all love to have it all, but she realizes that she can't have it all because her family will not let her have it all. They really Mm. are the ones that are the obstacle for her. And she either needs to pick her home and family or she needs to pick this new family that she's created with the women in the halfway house who are nowhere close to being her equals but she feels so much more love and camaraderie for them and they respect her in a way that her own family and her own husband never will and in a way she has to make this choice and that's the choice she chooses um so i found that very interesting too the question of can you have it all because i feel like that's a question that women women even today like can have a home can you have a family can you have children can you also have a career and while people would love to have it all a lot of times they're not allowed to yeah um that is one thing that is different in Mahanagar where it's like the relationship goes up and down and up and down but then towards the end he kind of like sees the light and I love that scene where she just like holds his hand and looks up to him with her beautiful like doe eyes and um then you see them walking hand in hand and he says what are we going to do neither of us has jobs and she's like well it's such a big city and the camera pants at the tall buildings and she says we'll find something and then they walk across the road hand in hand and I love that for her I love that in her case it does seem like her husband has come around and she Mm -hmm. can she can have it all Mm -hmm. but in Murta, she definitely can't have it all she needs to choose what she prefers and I like that in some ways Umberta's ending is much more desolate yeah. Then, um, because in Mahanagar they're together, and in Umbarha at the end she's on her way back to the halfway house. Um, and I, I like that both those viewpoints are so different because it's not one size fits all. Yeah, I, I feel like the 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 
in life, as in these films, to have it all, if by it all we mean a career, a home, and a, a family that involves a you know a a spouse type person and children, mm -hmm. you your partner has to be an actual partner. Yes. And I think that's true in real life as well, right? So yes. like a, a woman on her own who does not have actual participation from a partner cannot. No. And probably She's a man not... can't either, but because women are assumed to do all the work to be that, you know, to be that partner, it's just assumed that that's, you know, how it'll go, obviously. So when it's women, uh, that is not a, a given in any way. And, um, you know, I, like obviously those statistics coming out of the pandemic about how women picked up inordinately more of, of dealing with homeschooling kids and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. that happened, you know, and, and more housework and whatever, even though they too were trying to work from home and everything, you know, so it, it, it's still a problem. So, yeah. yeah. And I, Actually, and I feel like the end of Mahanagar is, does show him being a partner and yeah. I'm not confident that there will be no wobbles. Obviously, I think there right. will be some wobbles. It's a deeply patriarchal society. They've still got that mm -hmm. father-in-law um, <sighs> to deal with, who's coming around a little bit, but is still going to be who he's going to be. I think. Um, although I suspect he's a little bit chagrined by the end because it becomes clear what he's been doing, and so I suspect he's maybe a little embarrassed or something. But anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then in um, in Shakuntala Devi, the you know, they, they split up, that marriage splits up and he finds mm -hmm. a way to eventually they find a way for him to still be involved as a father to the daughter, which is important and is important to both of those people. So I'm glad that they figure that out, but he is, he is not, you know, they don't find a way to have a partnership and I don't think it's just his fault, but they do not figure it out. Right. And he actually says, you know, I learned a long time ago with your mother, he's talking to his daughter with, with mm. your mother, that she's a storm and there's, just don't there's no point in trying to fight it she is who she is um mm. and for him it sounded like he couldn't you know be a partner to that and I kind of presented as though like it would take a lot to be a partner to that she's a lot <laughs> mm. <laughs> um uh so yeah it takes it takes very willing participation it's so funny it reminds me of uh, what you said about Sushitra said in that episode where I uh, or was it a different episode where we were talking about movie characters we would be friends with? And yeah, and then I was surprised because you did not name a single Suchitra Sen character as a character you would want to be friends with. And I was like, that's surprising. And you were like, no, it's not. Like, she's a lot. She's a lot. <laughs> like, her characters are great to watch on the TV. But You're I don't want to be out there. <laughs> Nope, nope. Too much, too much drama. <laughs> that's so funny um so one movie i recently watched which i do recommend i did not find it caricaturish um unlike what shakandala devi seemed to be from the reviews mm -hmm. was a movie called tarla um it was uh direct to streaming and um it stars the wonderful huma Qureshi in the role of tarla dalal the yeah. cookbook author and from the trailers i was afraid it would also be like cartoony or caricaturish it actually wasn't it was um a really good movie and in that movie and it's based on the the real person of course um in that movie the husband's character i forget the actor's name but he was lovely and in that mm. movie he loses his job and tarla dalal's career like takes off like she becomes this amazing cookbook author and you know she has fans and everything um he very graciously learns to sort of take a back seat and mm. he kind of allows his ego to not take over and he starts becoming a much better um, husband to her and a much better father. So that was that was a very interesting thing to see. Like he was a green flag from the beginning anyway, nice. but he kind of like stayed a green flag and he like stepped up. Um, and it's very realistically done. Like there's definitely a few scenes where he kind of indicates how it hurts his ego that he's been, you know, he's lost his job at the mill, but he is trying to get a job and he's struggling very hard and not find it. But she's the one who's really earning the money and keeping the bills paid. And he does admit in a scene... Um, where he says something to the effect of how sad he feels about that but he kind of like gets over it and he says but I'm still proud of you so that character actually really brought a smile to my face and now I don't know if this you know the problem with biopics is that anytime you have living members of the that family a lot of times they're going to want you to whitewash it biggest example of rubbish whitewashing being Sanju um 
But so I do wonder, like, if the real life Mr. Dalal was actually as lovely as he's portrayed in the movie Tarla, but mm. that's a good example mm. of like a main character like stepping up and just like trying to shed some of his older, stupider um, sort of notions. Um, so it's interesting. I think it's um, how many movies have we seen? Pretty much every movie in which a man is allowed to be a lot and it's okay, but a woman isn't allowed to be a no, lot, she's allowed to not. just be yeah. enough. You know, yeah. but not so much. <laughs> and it's probably not her definition of enough either. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Vidya Balan, like when I was researching which movie I wanted to talk about for this, like how many jobs has she done? She started out with Munabhaya BBS playing like a radio jockey. She was also a radio jockey in Tumhari Sulu. She was an actress in Dirty Picture. Um, she's a rocket she's scientist, a I assume. She's right a rocket in... scientist in Mission, Mission Mangal. Mangal. Uh, she's a yeah. detective in Bobby Jasus, a movie mm-hmm. I have not seen because it got terrible reviews. Oh, I have. Um, it's, it's cute enough. Is it? Okay, like, I'll check it out. I, Ali Fuzzle is delightful, in my opinion. Right. So, like, and boy, paired her with the weirdest set of people as romantic <laughs> pairings when you look at her filmography. She's got a movie with Farhan Akhtar. That's weird. She has that one with Shahid Kapoor. That's oh. weird. I don't know they gotta they gotta that's get so her weird. a better romantic pairing I guess I don't know if that's part of you know I, I feel like her career did not go post dirty picture where everyone kind of thought it was gonna go you know yeah um, and blah, I don't know who I should who she should be with but it's none of those people um I feel like oh, I actually I know who like, she should be with it's Parambrana oh, Chatterjee because in Kahani they Kahani. are amazing yeah that's who she needs to be paired with <laughs> I actually prefer Vidya Balan without any kind of male well yeah exactly well because, heaven forbid we have that <laughs> yeah because two of the movies that I really enjoyed her in uh were Jalsa and Sherni both of which right. I recommend Jalsa she plays an um like a journalist uh like a tv reporter person mm-hmm. and um she was so good in it and she's paired up with Shafali Chaya uh, Shafali Shah, who plays her like cook, I think, cook, mm, housekeeper sort of person. Amazing. And both of those are women who are doing jobs and it's so yeah. good. And in Sherni, she plays like a wildlife uh, officer and um, they're on the they're on the hunt for this um, Sherni who has yeah. supposedly turned into a man eater or whatever. And it's like all these movies where she has these jobs. I just love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, got a good run. She didn't have a job in Parnita, did she? I well, think so. Didn't she like try to become like a secretary or something in Parinita? Like she tried to apply for something? I don't know. But I love all the jobs that Vidya Bala does. When I was Googling like movies in which like the woman protagonist has a job and her career is actually like central to yeah. the theme of the movie yeah. and not just like, oh, she has a job. So I have to shout out to one of her subscribers, Nemo, who made such a good comment that I was just like, huh. You are so right. So one of the YouTube comments they wrote in our review of Rocky or Rani Ki Prem Kahani was that they said they have observed that in Karan Johar movies, even if a woman has a career, they never show her working with the exception yeah. of in Kabhi Alvidana Kena, where she's like a fashion editor. So they kind of sort of have like one or two scenes of hers in like the magazine office or whatever but otherwise even if someone ha- will have the time they don't have a job and if they do have a job they don't really show them doing the job so mm. she said one of the things she loved about um Rocky Rani Ki Prem Kahani was that they actually showed Alia Bhatt had a job had a career and actually showed her in that work setting and I was like oh my god you're right because that then made me think of all the movies I've seen like Yash Chopra movies or whatever where the woman in question does vaguely have some sort of job or profession or something that she does, but you never actually see her doing it. For that matter, you never see the men doing their job either. Like I was thinking about K3G where, where Shah Rukh either works somewhere or has a business. I'm not even sure what, but you just have these scenes. Of <laughs> right. Like there's just scenes of him with his like laptop bag and he's going or suitcase and he's going somewhere. And it's like successful enough that back. he can live in London with yeah. his big family. And like, he's doing, he's rich in London. So like, that's not yeah. easy. <laughs> but like, what does he do? I don't even know. Is he a businessman? Is, does he work somewhere? What does his he job is? At? His job is pyramid. <laughs> what do you mean? His job is pyramid. His job is, is Egypt song. Oh, that is true. Like, can be beach. 
<laughs> his job is to do this actually his job I, is arm fling <laughs> it's fine if Shahrukh does not have a job I'm totally okay with Shahrukh not having jobs because I just want to watch him um cool you know another person who's been doing a few jobs here and there is actually Alia Bhatt Sure. So she had, there was Gangabai Katyavadi, yep. there was Razi where she was a spy. Mm-hmm. So she, she does a few of those as well. Mm-hmm. Still not like the Vidya Balan level of like being She'll a professional. There. I mean, Rani, Rani Mukherjee has had an interesting run as well, right? So there's no one called oh, Jessica and my, and my very, very favorite Mardani, right? Where her job is incredibly crucial to the, I mean, that's, yeah. you know, that's very much part of the film and her kind of ethics around how she handles that and all are, are important. Yeah. So she yeah, was a teacher I, in Hitchki as well. Yes. Oh, I love that. I've not seen that movie. It's oh, really okay. cute. I also, I have a big soft spot for teacher movies so I can see how if, right. you, if you don't, it may not be, but I thought it was really cute. Okay. And, and like, it's a chestnut. It's very well done chestnut. So like that, you know, if you like that formula, like right. go for it. I would say it's super cute. She's okay. I love her so much. She's so good. <laughs> Yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot more interesting jobs, interesting portrayals of women with jobs than I would have thought. So like, this was, this was fun to think about. And you could do, you know, when you started talking about Smita Patel, I was like, Bhumika, Bhumika, because that's like, that's one of them. Yeah. Oh, I have not amazing. seen a ton of her, of, of her films, but that's one I have seen in a, you know, utterly mind blowing. Um, yeah. Do, I mean, you could do a really interesting discussion of, um, actress you know actresses being the point of movies and um there's there's so many of those but yeah, there's just so many so many interesting portrayals yeah. out there really. I kind of, one of the reasons I didn't choose Bhumika for this um episode was with, or dirty picture or anything is because I kind of wanted to stay away from like work portrayals where the person in question portrays either a performer or an actor mm. or a model or anything like that not because I have anything against those jobs like that's fine I just feel like Bollywood has a tendency to um glamorize that and sure. almost makes it seem yeah. like you can either be like a stay-at-home mom or you can be this like actor person but god forbid you should get a job where you're just you know, a secretary, right, right, right. Or like, which Vidya Sena played, I think, in Choti Si Baat and, you know, like movies right. like that where she goes right. to work, but she doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily do. I think Sri Devi was also a secretary in Chandni, right? Like she's been a Khanna secretary in that movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh. So it's like, God forbid, someone should just be like, they could be a secretary or they could be. Um, and, and, I, and I think they that's... could be a revenge taking supermodel. <laughs> yes. I think the only, like, I support women having any kind of job in any of these movies. The one thing that really made me laugh, though, and made me go, no, that is never happening. There is a really bad, bad, bad Bebo in Akshay Kumar movie, whose name I have now forgotten, but she plays a super, Bebo plays a supermodel slash surgeon. It is very unbelievable. It is extremely unbelievable. I was like, I do not believe either of those jobs for her. If you are listening to the audio only version of this, the silence that you just heard was me blinking in disbelief. This is ringing a very faint bell. I don't think I've seen it, but I feel like I remember this being quite the joke on the internet when it when yeah. it came out. <laughs> it was like, it's bad enough you're playing a surgeon. As it is, we guys, we know how Beth feels about the Kapoors having any kind of medical degree, but this just takes it to a whole new level of Karina. Karina Ayalau and like in the Punjab, right? She's a doctor, so that's that's fine. Yeah, I, I accept Kare- that. Surgeon is still a step too far from surgeon me, is a is a step too far, and like face transplant surgeon is even yeah. beyond. Only that. Chummy can do that. <laughs> we will we will always disagree. <laughs> this this one thing. <laughs> but that's the other thing too, right? Like it's like you can't have a normal job. You have to have a very glamorous, oh, like yeah. over the top kind of yeah. job. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I don't like is when they make movies which I'm not saying those movies shouldn't be made. I just find it annoying when those are the only movies being made where someone is always cast as like a trailblazer. Like, mm. oh, let's make a movie on Tarla Dalal because she was like a trailblazer. Let's make a movie on Shakatala Devi because she was like a savant. Let's make a movie on Nirja because Nirja Panot is like a hero. Like, yeah. oh, side note, I actually um, met a lady um, who trained Nirja Panot at Pan Am. Huh. 
She was wow. one of the training because she met me and then she was like, are you Indian? And I was like, yes. And she was like, do you know Nija Bhanoth? I was like, I mean, I've heard of her. <laughs> I didn't like, know her she's, like, she's like a hero in India. And she yeah. was like, I trained her. And I was like, really? Yeah. And this was a woman in her, like, she's retired from Pan Am, but she flew for them for almost like 40 years or so. Oh, the wow. stories this woman could tell you so fabulous. Oh, I, I would love to like hang out with her and ask her all the questions um but she said like when she heard of the pan am hijacking and she heard of new job note and everything she was like so heartbroken because she remembers her as this like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed girl in new yeah. york that they were like training wow. and yeah really amazing but my point being like they take these movies about these people where they do something really like larger than life. Yeah. And I feel like there need to be more movies where you celebrate people just having even like a basic ordinary job. Yeah. Um, you know, because not everyone can do those like rocket no. scientist jobs. No. And I think there is actually a lot of research that shows that if you have women characters having jobs in TV shows and movies and stuff where their job is important to them, it has a very big impact on mm. young girls who mm. are watching it's actually called the scully effect ah. um, so yeah so young girls who grew up watching the x-files and watch dr dana scully being a surgeon and being an investigator and like constantly fact checking mm. Mulder and you know being the voice of reason and everything a lot of those girls disproportionately later um, were interested in having a career in stem mm. because dr dana scully prove that you could be a scientist and you could be cool and glamorous and intelligent and just like, you know, all the things. And there's, there's a need to like normalize that sure. instead of just, you know, um, just having men do that. So yeah. I think that was like really cool too. Um, okay. Did you have any parting thoughts? Not, not really. I just, I think, um, most of us have have to work or choose to work in some way. And I think it's a very interesting, there's so much potential for good stories about that because it's a, it's such a way to, you know, connect people to other people and other stories mm. and all that kind of stuff. And like you said, it's out in the world and most of us have to deal with the world in some way or other, not everyone, but most of us. And uh, so I, I really, there's so many films that I really, really love that do have this as part of you know, part, a significant part of their story. Even if the point of the film is not the work, there, there's something important about the context of that the work brings. Yeah. So I, I'm glad for these. It's interesting what you just said. It um, it made me think of how in uh, Mahanagar, it's, she's almost shown as having no friends whatsoever. Yeah. And then once she starts becoming a salesman, yeah. she starts making those friendships. And then it's partly because of her friendship um, to that one uh, girl I forget. Character Edith, yes, Edith. because of that, in part, that she ends up resigning out of a sense of loyalty right. to her friend. But That's she's right. not shown as having any friends, no. so her life is literally just her house. Mm -hmm. There's no going out. There's mm -hmm. no, and you know, any of that. Uh, there's mm -hmm. no time for any of that, and there's no interaction with other women that no. are of your own nation. Having friends, especially having women friends can really like broaden your horizons in a way that just being with your family never can because that's yeah. the other cool thing in Mahanagar she's shown as like a traditional Bengali Hindu woman and she befriends Edith who is an Anglo-Indian girl mm -hmm. and you can see how it like flicks certain switches in her head like when Edith offers her the lipstick and she yeah. says oh, no, I never wear lipstick and she says and Edith is so cute she just goes why you wear red here, you wear red here, why can't you wear red here? And she's like, okay, yeah. just a little, just very quickly, you know. And she's but clearly got eyeliner on, kajal on, right? Yeah. So like she Which wears was, yeah. facial makeup. So like, why not? And she's yeah. just like, logic, point. And then she lets her, you know, <laughs> apply it to her. Yeah. So, I mean, that's really cool too. Even in like Umberta, Smita Battle is not shown as having any friends whatsoever. One mm. assumes that perhaps she made friends in Mumbai when she went to yeah, do her master's, but mm -hmm. they're not shown in the movie. No. And it's only until she goes to the, um, the halfway house that she ends up like having some sort of camaraderie and affection and friendship with all of these women who really like look up to her. And it's, you know, it's quite telling that we are having such an easy time naming women with interesting jobs or interesting portrayals of jobs in cinema much easier. That's much easier than it is to name films that focus on women's friendships. When we did that episode for Valentine's Day, right? Yeah, like there's a lot more that was of the hard. work than there, there are friendship even now. So that's a, that's pretty telling now that I think yeah. about it. And that's, that, that was interesting too, because it's like, 
part of the insecurity that the husbands in these movies in Mahanagar and Mahanagar both have is that when they make that comment about, oh, you've changed, it's because they like this wife that they have that lives in this little bubble yeah. because she's more malleable and more mm -hmm. controllable. Contained, but the minute yeah. she goes out into the world and she starts experiencing things and learning things and meeting other people and getting new viewpoints, it's like, good Lord, we can't have that. What if yeah, she gets nope. brainwashed, Right. you know? So and like in, in Mahanagar, when her boss drops her home in his car one day, you can see the family inside is like, oh, you know, yeah. she's been in a car with a man who's not her husband. And yeah, oh, gosh, exactly. Yeah. But that also like makes me wonder, like, why aren't there movies on female friendships? I mean, we, you do see the friendships in the movies where they have um, jobs, but not my theory, otherwise. My theory that I have developed just while you've been talking, so it's not very well thought out yet, is that women's friendships are primarily for themselves. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, even earning more money. Yes, there are things that the woman herself benefits from, from having a job, but in theory, generally the money is going to the household. Yes. <laughs> and so that, so that like, that's okay. But friendship is just for her. So like, that's not okay. Ah. Is my, is my quick, that quick, is very quick take theory on that. If people wish to comment, I hope that they will, but that is very I interesting because even a romance is, you know, the man is also involved and ultimately, obviously it's supposed to be sanctioned by a family unit and have children and blah, blah, blah. But like friendship does not lead to children. It does not lead to financial gain for the family. It might, you know, if we're dealing with a, like a social climber situation, there might be that kind of benefit, but a more even friendship. That's a genuine friendship doesn't provide any sort of status financial or is it yeah <laughs> is it uh gain so i i suspect that's why. yeah and it's also um it could potentially also be detrimental yes to the to the other people in Absolutely. that woman's life yeah. how many times mm -hmm. right how many so we have a i have a joke with one of my friends where she calls herself the dump him friend <laughs> i only one yeah, because she's always like popping a bubble. Like anytime she has friends that are dating like questionable men, and she's like, "Oh, girl, just dump him." Like you know. And I was at Urban Outfitters the other day, and I saw a little baseball cap, and it literally said "dump him." And I took a picture, sent it to my friend, and I was like, "I'm gonna get you this for your birthday." Yes, it's like you know, I there are things when you look back at Thirty Rock that you're like, "Ooh, maybe that was not a great a great joke." But the Deal Breakers skit that's ongoing in Thirty Rock, I find so funny when Liz Lemon is mm -hmm. like, "Nope, Deal Breaker." <laughs> yeah <laughs> we all need to dump him friend because it applies to like quit that job or like yeah you know the person who tells you to like cut your losses and block you know, that person on. yeah yeah but that's the other thing right like the the society the social structure benefits from women being compliant oh, yeah. and obedient and agreeing oh, yeah. to all the things and compromising and giving too much and sometimes mm -hmm. you need another woman you know either someone who's your own age and has you know, experienced a lot of the things that you mm -hmm. have or someone who is older and knows how that shit goes down or right. even someone who's younger in whom you see those same yeah. mistakes being made. Yeah. Like yeah. for me, when I um, have any of like my 20 year old coworkers or, you know, really young people that I'm training at work, there's some times that I'll hear them say the stuff that their boyfriend said to them. And I will immediately be that person goes, no, yeah. Do not say yes. So that is controlling behavior yeah. and that is not okay. And you don't, and they're so shocked to hear me say that. They're like, no, no, he's just concerned. I was like, no, that's not concern. That's control. Yeah. But when, when you're 20, you don't know that no. when you're much older, you get it. And you see those signs and you're like, do not make that mistake, girl. You will regret it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, I think that concludes our episode. Yeah. We had so much fun um, talking about women who go to work, women who are part of the workforce. Um, I'm not saying that if you're a stay-at-home mom or you choose to stay at home, that that's not work. It is, it but is I think when you go out into the work, into the world and you encounter other people, I do think that that has benefits um, that can really help you evolve as a person. And um, I think both Beth and I are huge proponents of that. Um, if you and certainly have in, you know, in storytelling, it, you know, as depicted in films or used in films, right, that it, it opens so much that otherwise would not be there. Yeah. Like from the four corners of the home to like the big bad world out there with like the wolves and the sheeps and all the things and the dump him friends and everything. <laughs> um, so if you guys have any movies that you would like um, to share with us, what? <laughs> I, I meant to look for this and did not. So if anyone listening 
are there films where I'm sure there are where women are labor activists like are there women leading strikes are there women out there on the picket lines I would be or like trying to fight for better working conditions I would love to know about those in Indian cinema because I wanted to try Mm. to find something like that and I my quick googling didn't get me very far and then I was just trying to think through what I've seen I was like I feel like I haven't seen that but I'm sure that's not exactly true and I'm sure there are movies even if it's less formal than a union like women who are because there's a little bit of that in Mahanagar right like Edith goes in to ask the boss for better for raises and RT RT also you know fights for better money for herself but I would love to know more about about that so if there's like labor unrest involving women and labor activism please especially tell us about those films yeah that would be very interesting (laughs) yeah I I was just thinking what is that isn't there a movie of Sally Fields where she plays yep yeah I was just thinking about that okay yeah so um, anyway, tell us what you think about all the movies that you want us to see or you've seen or how you feel about them. I think at some point um, it would be fun also to do an episode about men at work. Um, I mean, there's so many movies about men at work, yeah. but it, there's still like some movies that we can talk about yeah. um, and they have their own set of like issues. Yeah. Um, but anyway, thank you for um, watching this episode. We hope you have a wonderful Labor Day um, weekend. I know that in India, a version of Labor Day is basically celebrated on May 1st. Um, I think it's... All of the rest of the world does that, basically. Oh, except all the for world the does May 1st. Okay. Yeah, oh, and maybe Canada also. US and Canada are, are September for whatever reasons that I should know yeah. and do not. Uh, but yeah, May Day is the is the big one. So yeah, because May first in India is uh, I think it's called Rashtriya Kamgar Divas, which translates to National Workers Day or something there like you go. that. Yep, May um, Day is the day. So if it's May first, then you know Happy Labor Day to you in India, and if it's Labor Day weekend in the U.S. or whatever, then Happy Labor Day to you then. And actually, <laughs> every day should be Happy Labor Day. <laughs> Seriously, every day is work. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you for watching Film Me, ladies. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And we will see you next week with another episode. Bye.